0: Today, we have with us uh, a brand new guest, uh, uh, an old friend, though. Uh, his name is J.J. Stefanik. He is the pastor of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Marshall, Minnesota. Welcome to the Godestines crowd, J.J.
1: Thank you, Jason. It's an honor to be with you. Uh,
0: do you is it okay I call you J.J.? That's how I learned uh, your name. <laughs> uh, do you prefer James?
1: It is it is up to you. Okay. I will allow freedom for people uh, to call me as is, as they deem appropriate, but okay. JJ is what my parents intentionally named me, uh, gave me my first and middle name so that they could call me JJ, and that's just kind of stuck throughout my life.
0: Okay. Well, that's how I learned it, so that's probably what I'll default to. Um <laughs> But it was good to see you at the Bugenhagen conference. Guys, if you haven't been, you gotta go to this. It's the best conference that I've ever attended, uh probably in my you know, 16 years as a pastor. So take some time and set it aside. And you had given a presentation about spiritual discipline. Uh I mean, discipline these days is a pretty hot topic, and anywhere from like, you know, Jacko Willink and, you know, all of the Navy SEAL crowd. Um, trying to, you know, bring your daily activities into conformity with what your actual ambitions are, and I'm just reminded by uh, about this quotation that under pressure, you don't rise to the occasion; you tend to sink to the level of your training, and and so as much as we want to think that you know when the going gets tough, you know we'll rise to that occasion, the reality is that what happens is we just sink to our lowest level of training and thinking about your small um, sectional that went into exhorting the Christian congregation to spiritual discipline. um, How does that play out in terms of where do we see this being the case among Christians that though they know they are saved by God's grace, Through faith, not of their own works, but according to Christ's atoning work. How how does this play out in terms of then their laxity in taking up daily disciplines to to fall to that lowest level of training when the pressure really hits? Um, How do we do this? Uh, Why do we do this? What's the point? Sure.
1: Well, those are a lot of good questions we have a number of places in the scriptures where i was just reading from thessalonians chapter 2 yes first thessalonians chapter 2 yesterday where uh, paul encourages and exhorts the the congregation there to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which they have been called that is that they would walk in a manner worthy of the kingdom to which they have been called. Hmm. As long as we find ourselves in this life, we are still dealing with some enemies. We have the devil, the world, and our own sinful flesh. Spiritual disciplines help us to curb our sinful flesh, to orient our mind, and our heart to uh, the things of God so that when the temptations, we could say when the flaming darts of the evil one are hurled our way, we are better equipped to withstand anything, anything that uh, he might attempt to steal us away from our calling, from Mm. the kingdom uh, to which we have been brought in.
0: Yeah. So it's kind of like, are you on the one year lectionary? I am. Okay. So it's just kind of like this past Sunday's gospel reading where you know the the sons of this world are more shrewd than the sons of light. They recognize their own situations and what needs to happen and with a single-minded zeal go after those things that they really desire. And they recognize they have some agency there. And the sons of light, Jesus seems to indicate, don't recognize their own agency in the things that they say that they desire. And so, you know, we've learned our theology so well that you know we're saved by grace through faith, so on and so forth, um, that we begin to think that um, that there is no agency of the Christian in. Promoting or preserving, or even building up what God has given, and the spiritual disciplines. It seems like what you're saying is, particularly in light of this St. Paul's First Thessalonians passage, is um, look, you have some agency here, and this is a gift that God gives to you. Don't you know? Don't set aside uh, so that you're you know taken unawares by. The enemies that we still endure.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. It, it the the parable that Jesus uh, tells to us or told to us this past Sunday that you referred to uh, could be summed up. I th- I believe it's in verse eight, where when Jesus says the sons of this generation are more shrewd uh, in uh, the sons are, they're more shrewd in dealing with this generation than the sons of light are. He's in essence saying that. Pagans are better at being pagans than Christians are at being Christians.
0: <laughs> well, that's a, yeah, that's, that's a good way of saying it. Right.
1: And that uh, you mentioned the single-minded focus and the zeal mm-hmm. that the sons of this age uh, have toward their goals. Mm-hmm. The same thing is encouraged of us, exhorted by the Lord. And then to, to parallel uh, that gospel reading, we had the, the wonderful uh, epistle reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, where St. Paul gives to us an example for our instruction, so that we might be warned, lest mm-hmm. we fall like those Israelites of old did, who, while they were in the wilderness and had received the fullness of the salvation of God through the exodus, fell back on to a life uh, lived apart from the Lord. Mm -hmm. Instead of seeking after, devoting themselves to the things of God, putting in the the time to hear the word of God, to meditate on it, uh, they engaged in, well, sexual immorality was one thing that uh, St. Paul mentioned in grumbling and complaining against the Lord. And here's the thing about their grumbling and complaining, that very easily could have been turned into a positive discipline. Mm-hmm. Had they taken the the problems that they had with Moses or, or with the lack of food and simply prayed unto the Lord and entrusted their lives, their whole beings into his hands, then we, we wouldn't have had, see as many of the problems as we do with them mm. uh, where they're grumbling and the Lord is sending snakes among them to uh, to destroy a, a portion or the earth opens up and and swallows multiple thousands uh, all at once yeah there's a certain contentment that can be found from engaging in that prayer discipline uh, that it ought to be encouraged or exhorted amongst all of God's people, because we find those things in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, They're explicitly laid out for us. Mm-hmm.
0: So you see time and again, not only our Lord, but also uh, St. Paul and St. Peter admonishing us to obedience to the word. Uh, and that takes training. Um, it, it doesn't happen automatically. And it seems like this is one of the the uses of Scripture set down in 2 Timothy three sixteen that it's given to us and profitable for training in righteousness, for training in the calling that we are actually called to do and be. So, um, how does that work? How do we do that? How do we use? How is the word used among us? And how do we? employ it in our lives to train us in righteousness? What should we be doing? Does that make sense? Right.
1: Yeah, that does. Absolutely. Let me read a couple of different things uh, from the scriptures, and that will uh, begin to give us an idea of the the kinds of things that, at least when I'm considering spiritual disciplines that I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. And I it might be beneficial for me to say too, I'm not getting into a history of spiritual disciplines, my main interest in promoting this amongst the members of my congregation was to see what kinds of things the Bible tells us we should be doing, and then to tell my people, here are the kinds of things that we should be doing. Okay. So first, from 1 Timothy chapter 4, Now, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. If I can pause for a moment and say the opposite of that is to devote oneself to the Lord, Hmm. to engage in a life of uh, piety, as we'll see a little bit later in this reading. Through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, who forbid marriage and require abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is made holy by the word of God in prayer. If you put these things before the brothers... You will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. The word uh, that is used there is, uh, to use uh, more of a like, coiny uh, Greek pronunciation, eusebia. For while bodily training is of some value, Eusebia, godliness, is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance, for to this end we toil and strive because we have our hopes set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Before I read from another passage, I want to say that Eusebia can be translated godliness, devoutness, or even piety. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So what we're encouraging here would be uh, pious things amongst our people, pious actions, pious behaviors. We see an example in Acts chapter 10, Peter and Cornelius. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort, a devout man, that is a man who was pious, who feared God with all his household, gave alms generously to the people and prayed continually to God. So if we're paying attention there to Cornelius, who is referred to by the Holy Spirit as a devout man, uh, one who feared God, what is he doing? He is giving alms generously Mm -hmm. and he's praying continually. I would like to submit. That when it comes to Cornelius, that the main thing, and we'll see this or talk about this in a little bit, the main thing that he's doing is hearing the word of God.
0: Yeah. The, so so the, just to kind of build on this or to to, to make the, the point with um, a little more sharper, it seems like what you're pointing out to us is when we see words like godliness or piety in the scriptures there is always a corresponding action that goes with it so it's never kind of an abstract understanding of what godliness or piety is but when you find it in the scriptures you will say you will see how they were godly or how they were pious in this case for cornelius it was by prayer listening to the word of god and giving alms
1: yeah, that's exactly right yes okay. uh and w- with if we were to go uh, further uh, through the pastoral epistles and then uh, into Second uh, Peter, we we could trace this word throughout, and we'd see that what uh, is continually exhorted amongst the the people of God is is that this life of piety would be formed within us that that. Uh, piety and virtue, uh, as Second uh, Peter 1 tells us in that epistle reading that comes up on Ash Wednesday, mm. piety and virtue are things that go together. So when we live uh, pious lives, we are living virtuous lives uh, before our Lord.
0: Yeah. Can mm-hmm. yeah. uh, us take is... a look
1: at a couple of those?
0: Yeah, that's great. This is uh, really a common understanding, I, I think. Particularly if you were to read like the Aeneid, this is how Aeneas is constantly described as this uh, as having piety, pious Aeneas, um, and that goes along with what he does in terms of how he handles his father, and then even uh, his the tasks given to him under you know the Roman gods.
1: Yeah, and and we could. Uh, that's exactly right. We see this in uh, our Lord's own uh, uh, words to us, where he tells us where your your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Mm. So if, if our treasure is truly in Jesus, in the things of God, then we are going to devote ourselves, we're going to devote our whole being to the things of God. Mm-hmm. Our, our hymns, the, the great hymns of the church, uh, remind us of this over and over again. So we had in on Sunday the hymn of the day. What is the world to me with all its vaunted pleasure? When you and you alone, Lord Jesus, are my treasure. So if Jesus is our treasure, Jesus is our priceless treasure. Then uh, what does that mean for us? What is that going to look like? Well, one thing that that should cause us to do is to consider how much time and energy we are uh, putting to all sorts of other things, to all sorts of uh, areas in our life. And then think about that in relationship to how much time and energy and effort we are devoting to the things of our Lord. Specifically, how much time are we devoting to meditating on His Word? Uh, if we're if we're willing to well the what is it the average the average teen uh, these days spends i don't remember it's somewhere around eight to ten hours or so before media uh, with either a tv internet uh, smartphones whatever it might be mm-hmm. uh, that's that's an alarming amount for a lot of different reasons but but let's just kind of do a a comparison to say, so if you're spending eight hours on media over the course of the day, that's a third of your day. How much time are you devoting to the Word of God? And then a further question, if you're spending about five minutes on the Word of God and eight hours in the world of media, which do you think is influencing you more? Right. Which do you think is forming and shaping and molding you more? Mm-hmm. Is it what the Lord says, uh, or is it all of the voices that you hear in the world?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of this example that I I read from, uh, well, an old Missouri Synod pastor or Wells pastor from the 1900s, and is talking about Christian education. And he says, you know, imagine planting a sapling tree in the middle of, well, I mean, Northern Minnesota, or the plains, the Great Plains, and y'all know the wind that goes through the Great Plains. Um, (laughs) Imagine doing that, and you know, for seven days a week, or five days a week, six hours a day, they're getting one kind of education, one kind of thing put into them. But a one hour a week, uh, they're getting a different kind. Do you think the tree will go, you know, grow straight? Do you think it will? Or, or will it be completely bent over? Um, I think that's a really good image for us to understand. Like, None of us would think that if we were to spend an hour a week on math that we'd ever learn math. Um, but we we never apply that same thing to the Word of God or to the things of God, the eternal things. And it sounds like you're saying we need to be more— Cognizant of this, in how we then spend our time, so that we are not, uh, well, led astray by or blown about by every wind of doctrine that is around us.
1: Yeah, so that we would not listen to irreverent, silly myths. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and be <laughs> uh, and be uh, be caught unawares, or, or find ourselves uh, sleeping. And unprepared when the Lord Jesus comes. oh right, um, right, as that, the the great parable and the last Sunday of the the church year tells us. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, if if I can, on that note, can I? I want to read from Second Peter chapter one, uh, starting at verse three. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. So we we have there the the great promises of Christ, the, the fact that we're saved by grace through faith. And then what does Peter say? So that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort, that is try, train, to supplement your faith with virtue, virtue with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness with godliness. There we have our uh, Eusebia word again, Mm -hmm. godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if Mm. these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted, he's blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. I'm reminded of... My, now I've spent a life in athletics or at least a former part of my life uh, deep in the throes of athletics. And that the, the way to, to get ready, going back to your, your opening remark, the, the way to get ready for a game was to train hard in practices. Mm-hmm. The, the best games that I remember playing soccer in college, the, the best games that we played were the, the weeks when we had the best training sessions, mm. when we were focused, when we had uh, a single mind, a, a f- ready to tackle the task that was before us. There was a certain, there was a certain intensity behind those practices. Now, I, I should say that there was the, the reason that we were able to have that intensity uh, four practices say in the middle to latter part of the season is because of the work that we had put in beforehand so as we think about talking to the people of God about taking up spiritual disciplines which is something that that all pastors do I know when I am meeting with a couple prior to uh, the baptism of their child uh, while uh, what, when the, the child is in utero, one of the things that I'm asking them is, do you do family devotions? And they, I often hear something like, well, we pray before meals and we pray before bed. Mm-hmm. The kinds of things that I'm going to encourage that family to take up, while, while it's going to be <laughs> the word of God, ultimately it's going to be the same across the board. The kinds of things that I'm going to instruct them to do are going to be different than the kinds of things that I'm going to instruct somebody else to do, who I know is engaging in a daily reading of Scripture, mm-hmm. who is daily engaging in prayer. There's, there's a, a sense in which I want to uh, build up, if I can say it like this, some spiritual muscle
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, in, in others so that as they train a little bit more, train themselves in the things of God, as they form more of a habit, that that's something they can build upon. It, it's, you, so you, you give a little bit and add a little bit when working on an individual basis. You, you add a little bit to what people have, uh, but don't add too much. If you do, you are going to be you are going to end up being like uh, like me when the three times in my life I've tried to run a marathon. I, I, that is, I thought to myself, I am going to run a marathon. Uh, training begins tomorrow, and then I get out, I start training. This was always after my uh, this was after my soccer career because I was uh, looking for something physical to engage in. And I thought, wow, I'm, I'm still a college soccer player. So that means I can run for forever. And uh, so I went out at that pace and about two blocks down the road, I'm exhausted and I got nothing left to offer. That's mm-hmm. not the way to go. You wanna start out slow. You wanna make sure that you can make it around the block once at a decent pace, build on that the next day, build on that the next day, and over time, that gradual improvement, that gradual training, gets you to the point where you're able to accomplish the task that you've set before
0: mm-hmm. you. Now, where does failure play into all of this? You know, I'm not much of a runner. I actually cannot stand running. Um, uh, <laughs> so, like, if there were, if I lived in Africa and there were tigers chasing me, I would get eaten. Um, but but I do like to do physical things, primarily like lifting weights and and you know, other types of activities like that. And uh, there's a real joy to getting to failure when you're like lifting. Um, is there a sense in which there is something to be learned and gained by pressing towards failure in these things as well? Um, and, and in what way?:
1: Yes, I, I believe so. I I need to think about that for yeah. just a second. There's a okay, so there's a sense uh, in which I I would find some benefit to that. The the danger, of course, would be that when pushing to failure, uh, you convince yourself that the task is not something worth taking up. Mm. Uh, uh, that is, if if I'm going. So think about. A father doing family devotions with his children, if uh, pushing them to uh, to failure, it, it's going to depend on their level. Um, means that uh, all day long, we're gonna we're gonna pray like eight daily offices or something. Uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, during the day, I, I can I can say that. From personal experience, that's not something that's going to to work all that well. Um, but uh, to push them a little bit more, just a little bit further beyond, uh, that is my children, to push them a little bit further uh, than, than where they're at right now, uh, there's benefit to that, uh, for one thing, because the thing that we're taking up in... It, 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 the main thing that we're taking up is a diet of the Word of God, mm-hmm. and and with meditation on the Word of God comes all of the blessings that the Lord promises us in His Word. We mm-hmm. get uh, the blessing of His life. We get the the blessing of Christ being uh, revealed to us. We we get the blessing of uh, of wisdom. The the blessing of Contentment and on on the list goes right, mm-hmm. uh, but it is good. Uh, it, it is good at least to say there is to recognize as one who would be leading a group of people. There is a certain level that you're at right now, and I know that there is that we can we can up this one. That, okay. that we can take it next level and push you a little bit.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like you're saying um, failure in this example, as opposed to like weightlifting is not going to be as helpful, but there is always progress. So you're not searching for perfection. It's okay. If you press and find out, okay, that's a little too much. I'm going to, I'm going to reevaluate so long as you do the reevaluation. Is that right?
1: That yeah, that would be right. Okay, uh, and even with with the lifting analogy, it's not as if when you're lifting, you're going to failure every single time you lift. Correct. Uh, yeah. At least that's <laughs> that would be uh, a smart way. You're going to push yourself, and you're going to uh, you know uh, get exhausted. But there are there are weeks where you have a, a, a deload week. Yeah. Uh, uh, right. Or there's uh, there's times where in order to get to the point that you can push to say. A one rep max. You need to uh, build into that and not fail beforehand, so that on that one day, that mm-hmm. one lift, you can fail. Yeah. Uh, okay.
0: No, that makes sense. That's that's helpful. Um, okay, so we're looking for a diet of the word of God. You said um, good nutrition. Uh, we know that like eighty percent of. Of how we perform in our bodies is what nutrition, and twenty percent is the rest. <laughs> um, yeah. So, what does that look like? How do you suggest moving forward? Or what are the things that you're telling your people? You know, you mentioned to the the couple who's praying before meals and before bed, but aren't actually going into daily devotion time together or individually. Uh, walk mm-hmm. us through. Um, some situations in which you're, this is what you're suggesting, do you give them specific things? Like, I want you to spend five minutes in the word of God by yourself and 10 minutes with your spouse uh, over the next week or months until your baby comes. What kind of things are you telling them to do?
1: Yeah. So there is a difference between what I would say individually to people and that what I'm encouraging people to do corporately as the, as the whole congregation, mm-hmm. uh, so that individually, I can give one example. There was a, a, a family that moved in uh, that started coming to our uh, congregation. They, they literally just dropped off the street. They were looking for a church and they had, had not been attending anywhere, uh, and they went through adult catechesis, uh, the, the mom and dad did, uh, the the children are currently uh, going through catechesis, and that was uh, just over a year ago. And they've been to pretty much every single service uh, that we've had. It's it's been amazing. Mm-hmm. So with them, who who really had they had no background uh, in the Bible at all, or in very little. I mean, they, there was there was some, but there there wasn't much.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: My my suggestion to them was. I want you uh, to start by reading a Bible verse that <laughs> mm-hmm. today, read one Bible verse. And I depending on what we were talking about, I could point them uh, to something to a particular book of the scriptures. Uh, and then I said, okay, so now after do that for like two days, and then what I want you to do is add a second verse uh, and then, after a few days of doing that, add uh, a little bit more. Maybe, maybe by the end of the week, you're feeling pretty good, and you're like, "I can, I can do five verses." And mm-hmm. this is ingrained in me. I have a, I have a, a a pattern that I've established. I know what time of day this is. Uh, this is going to happen at. And they and and here's the thing: by doing that, what which you've what you're doing is you're building success, mm-hmm. right? You're you're saying. Uh, this is something that's manageable, this is something that's doable, and when you see that this is manageable and doable, and the fruit that comes from it, that there is more to do down the road. I I believe it takes, how is it, about 28 days, somewhere in there, 21 to 28 days, it's said to establish a habit. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So the idea is to, at least initially with an individual uh, or individual uh, or a family is to build the habit, let it uh, let it uh, let them mold on that habit uh, over the course of about a month, and then see if you can add a little bit more.
0: Yeah. so you mentioned building a pattern. And you know i I recognize that I'm much better at exercise when I know, you, you said the time of day and, as well as like what I'm going to do. Like on these days, I'm going to do these kinds of things. And on these other days, I'm going to do, do this type of thing and, and actually have kind of a plan in place. And so you said like time of day and – you know, one versus two verses. Do you leave that up to them? Do you think it's important to leave up to them to choose where in the Bible they're going to start, or do you say, "I think it would be good for you to start here"? Or do that just depend on the person and the situation?
1: It would depend on the person and the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with someone who's uh, new, as I, I mentioned this before, I uh, that is new to the life of the church. There are some things that we're going through in catechesis, and so I want things I want to pick things from the Bible for mm-hmm. them that are going to uh, connect to what we've been we've been working through. Mm-hmm. Um, the main with what I'm trying to do, at least in a big picture sense, uh, is think about what what are the main things that I want to see used in the homes of my people on a regular basis? Mm. What are the kinds of things that I, I want to use in my home? What are the things that I should be using in my home? And the things that come to mind are uh, the Bible, <laughs> prayer, the catechism, and the hymnal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And when I, when I frame things that way and can start to, to break it down a little bit and, and, and take, uh, take what I do in my home and hold that up, in a sense, as an example. With saying, "This is exactly what we do," uh, but but to say, "Here are the things. Here are the things that I know that I've done over time with my family. Here's what I've done personally, and here's how I got to that point." By breaking that down into different steps, uh, and being pretty explicit with folks about how. Much they, they have to invest in terms of uh, time to these things. Uh, I found that to be helpful. For example, recently, I uh, said to the, the congregation, "You can uh, I, want, I want you to recite a, a portion of the Catechism. recite a portion of the Catechism daily, one of the chief parts. It, it took me and my children, two and a half minutes to recite the sixth chief part.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Two and a half minutes is a very small amount in your day. It's doable. You can do it pretty much anytime, anywhere. Uh, but just take two and a half minutes to uh, to do that. Uh, so that way, <laughs> what, you're, what you're showing is this, and sometimes t- doing that too, saying, and this is what percentage of the day that is for you. Uh, can be helpful because it, it really it really puts it into a bigger picture, right? Mm-hmm. When we're we're thinking, um, oh, what it, it takes about six minutes on average to read a chapter of the Bible. I believe Correct. that's what Andrew Pecker told us at Bugenhagen. So six minutes, about six minutes. That's less than a half a percent of one's day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's that's nothing, right? Uh, uh with that, though, we also need to think about, uh, at least I know I've had to think about, what are the barriers? What are the things that are preventing the people of God from engaging in such activity? Are there, are there external things they're putting mm-hmm. into their life that if we, if we talk about them, if we speak about them, if we maybe curb them away a little bit, thinking about use of uh, technology primarily, then that opens some doors uh, to
0: engage more fully
1: in the things of God.
0: So it seems like you're saying there's a twofold way to approach spiritual disciplines here, not only the positive things that you want them to engage in, but also there's these negative things that... Become obstacles to the positives that they need to disengage from. Correct. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, can I can I give an example of one of the spiritual disciplines and then how I went about? Yeah, that'd uh, be great. Doing this with the people. All right. So this was in September of uh, 2022. the The discipline was to reduce media consumption. Okay. And then I broke that down into four different weeks. Uh, this is the only month that I I did something where I broke it down into different weeks. But the first week was keep a log of how much time you spend using various forms of media. The second week, I told them to reduce their consumption by one to three mm-hmm. percent.
0: Uh,
1: that that idea of reducing by one percent, this is known as the Kaizen method, uh, which is a really helpful uh, tool I found that is... A, A gradual in this case it's a decrease but a gradual increase of 1% so if you have a goal of say doing uh, 50 straight push-ups don't start by going to failure Uh, on day one make sure you can do one push-up do one push-up and then if if that was easy on day two do two push-ups if it was a little difficult do one push-up on day two and then try two push-ups on day three Right. So there's a gradual improvement. What happens then is in a, a short amount of time and with regarding 50 push-ups, you do get to your goal uh, versus continually <laughs> suffering failure and then uh, throwing your hands up in disgust and saying, oh, I'm never going to get this. I'm never going to be able to do that. Uh, oh, let's let's build something here. right So week two, reduce consumption. Week three, cut back another 1%. Of your media consumption and fill that time with prayer the singing of a hymn the reading of the lord's word or the recitation of the catechism and then week four was cut back another one percent and fill that time with the same suggestions as above now if uh if the media consumption of my people was, was and, and i would guess it is <laughs> consistent with the averages that are out there to ask them to cut back one percent of their time is asking them to cut back maybe five minutes, probably mm-hmm. less, uh, and and that is much more manageable in the minds of people than saying fast from media consumption for an entire month or mm-hmm. <laughs> you know cut out three hours. Oh, that that seems too intimidating. But a, a, a Going at a lower number, uh, oh, I can spare five minutes. I can do that. Uh, that's at least how it it works. I found in the minds of people.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, about four or five minutes. Uh, so if your average time is six hours, you're looking at about four minutes of time <laughs> after the right. four. Yeah, but that but that adds up, right? So if you do that four times, you know, four times four is now you're looking at actually 15 minutes, 16 minutes worth of time that you could invest elsewhere. Correct. hmm Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's called the Kaizen? Yeah. It's a Japanese
1: method. Of course. I think it, wait, is it? The Japanese yeah. <laughs> always. <have. laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't remember uh, where I... It was either an art of manliness thing or Uh, a Tim Ferriss thing that I saw that put me onto that. And, uh, I thought, man, that's, that's a great tool. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and there's a way here to actually, to use that model uh, as pastors exhort their members uh, to spiritual disciplines. And as uh, we ourselves, uh, take up spiritual disciplines, uh, we we can think about where we're at right now, where we want to be, and then how we can slowly add a little bit to get to that point of where we mm-hmm. want to be.
0: Okay. Yeah. So uh, it's spelled K-A-I-Z-E-N, just one word, and it just means continuous improvement. Right. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's helpful. Um, uh, so w- what other things are you encouraging um, corporately or I- instead of um, individually? So when you're looking at the congregation and you're having them uh, kind of attack on both sides, the the discipline, not only uh, refrain from this to make room for engaging into this, um what other kinds of things are you having them do on a kind of a two-front basis like that?
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm uh, reminded of uh, the words of Jesus in, in Luke chapter 11 when someone from the crowd said, uh, blessed is the woman that bore you in the breast at which you nursed. And Jesus replied, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luther, uh, as he's talking uh, about what it make what what it means to be a th- theologian what what's behind the making of a, a theologian and he does this marvelously with uh, Psalm 119 as he he speaks of uh, oratio meditatio and tentatio mm-hmm. uh, so I'm in, in a positive sense what I'm really focusing in on as I uh, Talk to my people would be oratio and meditatio. I I don't know uh, that there is a way to say, hey, here's a, a monthly spiritual discipline of uh, tentatio of some kind. Uh, mm-hmm. Nor do I think that's necessarily my my place. Um, so in thinking about uh, prayer and meditation, then on the word of God, and keeping in mind those four uh, different things I mentioned before that I make use of in my home and that I want others to make use of, the Bible, the prayer, uh, Bible prayer, the catechism, and uh, the hymnal, uh, I came up with uh, this uh, list uh, that started back here in December of 2021. I wanted to start with the season of, of Advent, so we were uh, starting with the, the church here, and uh, and make prayer and meditation the primary focus and then incorporate some other things. So uh, first it was daily read one chapter, at least one chapter from the scriptures. And then the next month was to uh, daily pray a psalm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now are they building
0: on one another or is it switching?
1: Yeah. So in my mind, at least the first year I had laid out completely like I had I had that totally planned out and uh, after that I went oh this is a good thing and there are people who are taking me up on this I I want to uh, some things are going to repeat over time uh, but uh, there's not so much of a build as much of a as a oh this idea came into my head and mm-hmm. now I have a couple of months of things planned yeah. out. So initially, in my mind, it was uh, let's build something here. Let's okay. let's basically have uh, uh, some building blocks for what it looks like to do family devotions.
0: Mm, okay. Right? So, uh, um, so when they move from December to January, you said one scripture, one chapter of scripture a day, and then January you said was daily pray a psalm are you envisioning that they would keep doing the one chapter a day? Yes. Okay.
1: Uh, That would be, I mean, that would be ideal.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, Uh, it would be, but I didn't know if it was like, okay, so you did that for a month. Now I'd like you to try in addition to, or in replacement of, you know, praying a Psalm each each day.
1: Yeah. Good, good point. Uh, So with, I'm, uh, there is a sense in which they're, uh, uh, there's a building into a fuller, a richer uh, devotional life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we, we pray from the scriptures, we also ought to pray. Uh, where mm. do we learn to pray? We learn especially to, to learn to pray from the prayer book of the scriptures. We learn okay. from the altar. So read a chapter, then pray a psalm.
0: Yeah, okay. Uh,
1: then uh, the next month, February, was to memorize scripture. Uh, and for that... If I, as I'm recalling, I told them, and when I when I say I told the the people, I mean we have announcements at the end of the service. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the service, uh, I make sure that I announce our spiritual discipline for this month is, and then tell them what it is, and then maybe give them a short little ten to fifteen second thing on how to do it if there's any uh, questions. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, I'm also building it into a sermon as opportunity allows uh, mm-hmm. that doesn't that, that doesn't happen every month but uh, there there have been months plenty of months where I've done that yeah yeah uh, so memorize scripture was like memorize one verse a week uh, and for that I gave them a practical suggestion said take take a verse, write it down on a sheet of paper or a little strip of paper, put that she- that piece of paper in your pocket and then throughout the day pull the verse out, like three times or four times and say it.
0: Uh-huh. Uh,
1: that's something that anyone can do. Uh, there's all sorts of uh, dead spots in the day where you can do that. It takes 15 to 20 seconds or something mm-hmm. uh, like that. Uh, and you do that over the course of a week uh, and yeah. you, you're going to have a, a, a Bible verse memorized.
0: Mm-hmm. You For could do March, that even was, probably just by you know, recording yourself on a voice memo. Reading it and then trying to say it along with them, you know, just pull it up whenever you have a minute. That that can help too. huh? Yeah, th-
1: that's a uh, uh, Ryan Leslie. I remember at um some years ago had a great sectional presentation on how he goes about memorizing the, the Psalter, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what he does. He records himself saying it and then is able to play it for himself, so he hears uh, his voice uh, over and over again. Yeah. Um, so, how I've do also, the folks who
0: respond to this? Like, do you get questions <laughs> to like, Pastor, or do they just kind of look at you like, "Yeah, Pastor, this is you know, this is how he is." <laughs> how do how do people respond? What kind of questions do you get, and and then how do you respond to those questions?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, there's a little bit of everything, <laughs> as you might <laughs> as you might imagine. There are some people who uh, who are excited. For the uh-huh. spiritual disciplines they're they're wanting to uh, to hear, to learn more about it to to dig in because they're, they're looking for there, there's a sense in which they're looking for a challenge and also it's not just that they're looking for a challenge they're actually they're looking for guidance. They want to know what are the kinds of things that I should be doing or yeah. how can I become a better Christian? <laughs> uh, yeah. so for those folks, this is fantastic. This is, this is just what they're looking for.
0: Yeah. Um, and there I, there, I would want to add to that. Here's where something that Peterson said to me when I was first ordained, um, he said, don't be embarrassed of the authority that God has given you. And I, I didn't always understand that fully but in light of how often the case is where people come and ask for like specific direction. And I always feel a little bit like, well, I don't want to tell you what to do. Um, But here we've been given authority to actually tell them what to do, focus on these things, or, you know, you might start with just doing X, Y, and Z. And we should get comfortable as pastors um, stepping into that authority because As you said, there are some who are looking for that kind of guidance, and we shouldn't be embarrassed to help them out.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. So Luther, in his uh, uh, letter to Peter the Barber, uh, wrote this, uh, First, when I feel that I have become cool and joyless in prayer because of others' tasks or thoughts, for the flesh and the devil always impede and obstruct prayer— I take my little psalter, hurry to my room, or if it be the day and hour for it, to the church where a congregation is assembled. And as time permits, I say quietly to myself and word for word, the Ten Commandments, the Creed, and if I have time, some words of Christ or of Paul or some Psalms, just as a child might do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Peter is looking for guidance. He wants instruction. He wants, Mm -hmm. and he wants brass tacks. He wants specifics. Yeah. What do I do in this situation? To, for, a, for a pastor uh, to be approached by a parishioner uh, uh, who's asking, pastor, how do I, and then uh, what, enrich my devotional life? How do I get the word of God in, into my home? How do I pray? For a pastor to say something like, well, who am I to say anything to you? You have gospel freedom. Go yeah. forth in the peace of Christ. That, that's negligent. That's not befitting of our office. We have the example of Luther there, who is willing to say, This is what I do, and this thing that I'm doing is worthy of imitation. Yeah. Uh, Paul is not ashamed to say, Be imitators of me, even as I am of Christ. Right. That's the thing, that's the kind of thing that we as pastors. Uh, should be able, ought to be able uh, to say before the people of God. Yeah, I want you to be imitators of me. I want your life in these certain ways to mimic mine. Why? Mm. Because what I'm doing is good. <laughs> what I'm doing is praiseworthy. Uh, what I am uh, doing with those who are in my household is something that's uh building up our faith so that we are ready. We are prepared for the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Uh, We delight in him now (laughs) uh, and delighting in him now, uh, meditating, chewing, mulling on his word day and night. uh, That means that we will be able to delight in him and with him forever.
0: Mm. Yeah. So, um, any other responses that you wanted to to, to bring up, or?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I, uh, the, probably the most common response is uh, no response at all. Yeah, <laughs> no one says anything. And uh, what I've learned is to be okay with that. Yeah. Uh, to be okay with it because what, even if it were the case that no one in the congregation were taking up. Any of these things, any of the monthly disciplines or challenges that were put before them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it would still be true that I would be holding up to them what it looks like to live life as a Christian on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, uh, and that's valuable. Yeah, uh, that's, that's really invaluable. And to say it over and week after week after week, this is the kinds of this is the kind of thing that I want you to do because this is what it looks like to be a Christian.
0: Yeah, that's very good. Thank you. Uh, thank you for this. This is uh, extremely helpful. And uh, I, th- I thank you for your time and, and really for the insight and work that you did uh, behind the scenes to, to try these things out and, and, and test them. Uh, again, he, you, you're you not saying this as though like, oh, this would be kind of nice if we did it. You, you've engaged in these things and you've kind of shown us a way, uh, a way forward. So um, Thank you for your time uh, again and uh, for sharing this with us.
1: You're welcome, Jason. Thank you for having me. And if anyone wanted the full list of the spiritual disciplines we've done, I'd be happy to uh, send it to them. Just shoot me an email and I'll get right back to you.
0: All right. Uh, is that email available on your website?
1: It is. It's a pastor at gslcmarshall.org.
0: Okay. Very good. Thank you, JJ. God bless you and, and your work.
1: Thank you. You as well, Jason.